Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for our midweek Wednesday podcast, the uh, the one that we always seem to uh, to enjoy the most out of, but uh, also offend the most of our guests on. So I don't know, just kind of the way we do. Why it. is that, Pete? Um, usually because you're late. Yeah, but that doesn't show up on the podcast. <laughs> that just offends you. It does. <laughs> I was I was uh, joking with Peyton earlier that. I was re-listening to one of our our previous podcasts where he was talking about uh, who who did the study that you were quoting. I don't know. I made it up. Did you make it up? You were talking no, about a study, real. and you're like, "Yeah, Old. people who are always late, they've done a study, and it's actually a mental disorder. They they think they're better than everyone else, and that's why they're always late." And I made the comment, "And you're always late when we do the podcast. It drives me up the stinking wall." And I know you think you're better than me. So, there you and, go. And I had to tell you, if it comforts you, I only think I'm better than you in certain things. <laughs> it does comfort <laughs> me. It actually helps me sleep. But uh, anyway, so now, again, our guest well, is wondering, why in the world am I on this podcast? So, Well, uh, I couldn't be late today because we have an awesome guest on today. We have got Greg Nettle from Stadia. He is the president of Stadia. So uh, we want to welcome you, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. I mean, Jeff, sorry. Yeah. Greg. Oh, look what I did. I was like, what? That's, you just introduced him. Right off the bat, guys. Absolutely. It's, um, um, it's great yeah, to Jeff, be with uh, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. And hey, to your, to, your late, to your late deal, man, five minutes early is on time. On time is late. There you have it. That, that can be your go. new ground rule, and you'll be set. There you yeah, go. It, it's only with Pete. It's only people I think I'm better than. I'm usually on time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, no, you know, you know why I did that just then? Because I have talked to Jeff Bennett 
I whenever yeah. I think Stadia, I think Jeff, and Jeff's like the uh, the West Coast director, right? He's in Vegas. Yeah, he's down in the Vegas area. He's one of my favorite guys. He puts networks of uh, churches and investors together to help us plant new churches. He's just a rock star young leader. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were hearing from him a little bit about Splagna, and we also interviewed yep. Vince Antonucci and all good stuff. But man, it is cool to have you on here because Stadia is, uh, you know, ever since I moved back to America three years ago, Stadia has really caught my attention. You guys are very unique. Can you just give us a brief introduction and then we'll go deeper down the, the rabbit hole, but just tell just briefly what Stadia is and what you do. Sure. Stadia is a global church planting organization, and I think there are a couple things that, that make us unique. Um, one is our, our vision, just simply it's to ensure that every child on the planet has a church. Um, and so we put a very unique emphasis on children. Uh, we want to make sure that we plant churches that intentionally care for children. And it, it's kind of fun. It, when, you, when you look at all the stats that are out there, I mean, there's a, a rationale for this. Um, we know that there are, you know, 7 billion plus people on this planet that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, the most effective way of reaching those people is through new church planting. That's statistically proven. Um, but what most people don't realize is that 85% of those who come to be followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, do so between the ages of four and 14. If we could have all of our listeners, if we were able to, to say, hey, raise your hands right now, if you became a follower of Jesus between the age of four and 14, 85%, I, I do this in large audiences all over the country. It's incredible. People look around, and they go, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I became a follower of wow. Jesus at 11. How about you guys? When, when did you become 14. a follower of Jesus? 14, baby. 14? Yeah, five for me. Pete was born a okay. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there, that's just, so there it, there it is. And so we, we just started thinking, okay, what if we could combine new church planting with that statistic, with the 414 window, as it's known. And what's happened is we've been getting these just, our churches, new church plants are getting these exponential results. And that's, that's been a unique kind of calling card for Stadia that we've really been emphasizing over the past two years. Man, that is hot. And I love your tagline, 7 billion reasons. And I saw an ad at Exponential the year before last. It had a, a, just a sea of kids' faces, and it said, so, you know, all around the world. I love the fact that you guys are global. Uh, that's something we try to bring to Church Planner Magazine, the podcast. We don't just want it to be, I mean, I was a missionary for 12 years, so, uh, you know, we don't want it to be the American. I mean, man, what's going on in the world is hot. You know, and well, uh, absolutely, and especially the the wave of of church planting with caring for children, and and so we the way this came about is um, for a number of years, Wes Stafford, who up until just recently was the president of Compassion International, which is you know one of the big global yeah. child sponsorship organizations. Wes Stafford was uh, my mentor for a number of years, and then became a very close friend of mine, and. And I saw their work firsthand all over the world. My wife and I invested heavily in their work. In fact, it wrecked our hearts so much that we became not only child sponsors around the world, but um, became foster parents here locally, and which led us to adopting our uh, six-year-old African-American son. He's six now. Hey, and hey, so hey. we went down this, it just, I mean, it wrecked our hearts, uh, this, mm. this, this idea of caring for children. And, um, and what we're watching, the, the, the beautiful thing about Compassion International, the reason we've partnered with them, 
is they only work through the local church. And that gives an anchor. It makes sure that the kids hear the good news of Jesus, most importantly, gives them meals and education and clothing and, and hope, most importantly. The downside of compassion is if there's no local church presence, evangelical church presence, they can't operate their ministries. And so because of the friendship, when I became president of Stadia and my friendship with West, we said, well, what if we started planting new churches? Let's start in Ecuador, which is where we did. We said, let's pilot this in Ecuador, plant new churches in the most impoverished areas where there no, no church exists there. And from day one, when that new church opens, 200 children in that community will be sponsored by people from the United States. Mm. And so we piloted that, and what happened is those churches explode with growth. And as a result now, I think this year at the end of the year, we'll have planted, I think, 80, close to 100 churches throughout Latin America uh, in partnership with Compassion. And that, that partnership's just continuing to blossom and flourish. So we're now in, I think it's Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Colombia, Mexico. We'll be in Brazil next year. So that's, that's just been a lot of fun watching. Now, what that does on the state side is it, it, it raises the value of children in all of our church plants and in our yeah. sponsoring churches. Because, you, you know, as well as I do, when a new church plants, when it launches, they, they would love to be involved in missions of some kind, but, but they, have, they don't have any money. Well, yeah. sponsoring children is a whole different pocket. And so what we do is our new church plants actually will sponsor the children from our new church plants globally. And so that gives them this opportunity to con connect. And what it does in the United States is it immediately, when you sponsor children globally, it raises the value of children in your domestic church plant. It's just an incredible thing. It, it, there's such a big link. You know, when I was a church planter, I was in Wales, UK, and we planted, uh, the first church that I planted that I stayed at um, was, uh, we had a, a guy who's a millionaire. He actually was the spokesman for uh, Compassion in Wales. And he wow. came to the church plant and he was like, this thing's hot. So he would drive like an hour to come to it. We had started out of a, a Starbucks. It was kind of radical and um, involved us sitting around coffee tables, you know, talking through the gospel. It would have preaching, all that stuff. But he, uh, this guy was so radical. Like he, he said, look, he was a guy that convinced me that every church plant needs to pick a fight. And go after something, you know, from day one. And so compassion was what we did. Now, this guy personally, um, sponsored as a, as a millionaire, um, multimillionaire, he personally carried 50 compassion kids. And wow. he was so passionate. Yeah. Like he, he's supported, you know, personally. I found that out through another church planner that he went and then attached himself to this other church planner. Um, but, but the, the thing that I remember, was at that time, Compassion was saying, uh, we work through the local church. And I remember that being, and, and now I'm kind of, I'm seeing puzzle pieces kind of fall together now, talking to you about that. That is such well, an important one, connection. It really is. And one of the things that, that we have to recognize, um, a lot of people say, yeah, we need to work with children at risk. But here's my deal. I believe with all of my heart that all children are at risk. So I go, I go into, I go into Bolivia and I meet little six year old gazelle a few months ago. And, um, she comes running up to me and grabs my leg and she's at a brand new stadia church plant and she's now sponsored and she was at risk from the dangers and diseases of poverty. 
because Giselle, at that point, living with her mom, who, whose husband was an alcoholic and left her living in a dirt floored shack with her and her sister, and she had she can't even she can't even begin to think about Jesus because she's thinking about am I going to be safe tonight? Am I going to have enough food to eat? So she's at risk. But I have my 15 year old daughter Tabitha who lives here in affluence in my home, and not because I'm a multimillionaire, but simply by being born by virtue into the United States. And she's at the dangers, at risk from the dangers and diseases that prosperity brings. And so how do, how, do we, how do we combat that? How do we, how do we bring you know, those two together? And the idea is that we, we start living with enough and mm. determining what enough is. And, and so here's the beauty of that story. So my daughter, Tabitha, um, she went on her first trip with me down into Latin America uh, when she was 11 years old to Peru. A couple of years later, she went to Ecuador and, uh, you know, meets these kids in their home, sees the plight of, you know, millions and millions of children on this planet. And so Tabitha comes home. She's going to have uh, help with a compassion weekend at our local church here, River Tree. And, um, and she, she comes home and she says, Daddy... Um, they'd been praying over all these packets that are going to be sponsored. She said, would you help me to fill out this packet? And I said, well, what are you talking about, Tabs? And she said, this is little Kazelle. She's six years old. She lives in Bolivia, and I want to sponsor her. And I said, well, okay, fine, Tabs, but, you know, we sponsor a lot of kids, so Mommy and Daddy aren't going to pay for Kazelle. Well, now we're a year and a half later, and Tabs, from her babysitting money and chore money and all that, has not missed a payment. She writes the letters to six-year-old Kazelle, prays for her every day. And so I go to Bolivia, and, and here comes Kazelle running down, embraces my leg, because she's seen pictures of my family. She knows who I am, because she's been sponsored by my daughter. Now, my daughter's been moved closer to the midline of enough, because she sponsors Kazelle, and Kazelle's been pulled up closer to the midline of enough, because she's been sponsored by my daughter. Now, a whole lot of people would say, wow, how blessed Kazelle is to be sponsored. And I would say, no, how blessed my daughter is to be able to be a sponsor because it, yeah. it changes everybody. Yep, it absolutely does. Well, hey, you know, kind of backing off a little bit because I want to go deeper into the work of Stadia. Um, one of Pete's favorite things is to ask people how they came to Christ. Because if you came to Christ 11, this is personal for you. want to hear your journey, um, how you got involved with church planning. And uh, so just kind of take us through your journey for a few minutes and, and tell us that way, because when you say, you know, you're the president of Stadia, I have this weird punky thing where I'll feel like I'm sitting in the principal's office because you're a very important man. <laughs> and, <laughs> so don't be late. And, and I'll start you, acting like a late. punk. So yeah. what, what's that? <laughs> Five minutes early, buddy. Yeah. So I, you know, I, my, my parents were Christian growing up and the, the church I attended was literally right across the street. I would say the one of the most significant things is my grandmother prayed for me every day and she used to come to our house. This is no kidding. She'd come to my, our house for dinner. And, and when I was just a little kid, she would pray, you know, God bless this food. Thank you for a beautiful day. And please let little Greggy grow up to be a preacher. And, and I'd be like, what the, you know, and quit praying that prayer. And uh, was intending to go into pre-law when I graduated from high school, wanted to be president of the United States. No, no uh, problem with confidence in my life. And, um, and God just you know, got a hold of my heart. It, it became this decision. If I believe the Bible is true and Jesus is who he says he is, then it demands everything that I am. Um, and so for me, that meant going into a full-time vocational ministry position. And so major change of college plans. Um, my parents were not happy about it. 
um, ended up going, you know, to, to Cincinnati Christian University to get my undergrad degree. And, um, you know, and, and then moved to be a missionary in Dublin, Ireland. That was my first experience was I was a church planter, 23 years old, had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And you know how hard the work is having been in the UK. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dublin was just brutal. You know, after two years, I think we had 12 people meeting in my living room. Yep. And it, it was just, uh, I learned tons about exegeting a culture and yep. more importantly, trusting God, you know, through those times. So it was, it was a very difficult time. At the end of my stay there, I, I actually ran out of money. And um, so there was a church, this church in Northern Ohio, um, and it was a church of about 100 people. And they said, hey, would you become our senior pastor? And, uh, and, and I, I agreed. And so I came back. Um, I had no idea how bad things were or I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come. That's kind of God's sense of humor. Yeah. But the elders of the church gave me complete freedom and said, hey, um, you know, do whatever it takes to turn this church around. And so the next few years were a bloodbath. But I was 26 and single. You know, what did I have to lose? Yeah. And we grew very rapidly, reached, you know, tons of people, grew to a thousand people in just a few years. And uh, I actually just finished up River Tree February 1st of this year and became full-time president of state. I was doing the dual rule for the past three rules years, which about killed me. Um, but by the time I finished up, I'm not just by God's grace, you know, we became a church of reaching 3000 people at five campuses and, um, had moved down the missional path really, really hard. So I have a lot. So for me, I've planted a church. I've taken a church from 100 and, and you know, grown it into the mega church realm. And so that's, I understand a lot of what church planters go through that when they deal with finances, with all the heartaches of people. I mean, I've been there. I've walked, it's not theoretical for me. It's, it's, it's reality. My wife's walked through it. Um, I, it, it heard, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard um, recently uh, River Tree has come across my radar, and I don't know much about you guys, and I probably should because I heard, um, I was in the, uh, I think it's the exhibit room, whatever room Pete blew up the dolphin and flew it around the room. What, <laughs> what was the name of that room? I don't it's know. Robert it was the main Peter. hall, though. Yeah, and, and so I'm in there, and, and this guy comes up to me, and he's like, oh, I was just over talking to the River Tree guys, man. And, and or, or this guy, and I said, oh, you know, like, who's he? And he goes, oh, dude, he's he's the guy from River Tree. Those guys go to River Tree. And I remember thinking, like, you know, I, I don't know what River Tree is, but it really sounds like I ought to know um, because it sounds like, you know, I mean, he, he knew. Like, he, he was impressed. So you guys must have been doing some pretty cool stuff in church planning. Yeah, River Tree was – so what happened is so River Tree – you know, grew to a, a church of, I, I think we were running about 2,500 at the time, close, maybe 3,000 even. Um, and I got invited to be part of this group of called Future Travelers. Have you, have you heard of them? Yeah, Alan yeah, Harrison, Todd yeah. Wilson, Exponential, right. So I was in the inaugural group of that, and it, it was fascinating. I was in that room, you know, with guys like Dave Ferguson and Greg Surratt, and I mean, all these amazing leaders that were my heroes. And we were sitting in the room, and all of us had been at our churches a long time, um, you know, I was at River Tree for 25 years, and and we were all looking and saying, we are not producing the kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to produce. And after being at a church for 20 years, you know, we all know God does the sanctification process. When you've been the leader, you have to accept responsibility of the product at some level. And and so we're asking the question, you know, what 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 has to happen? And that really was kind of 
the beginning of, of, of much of the missional movement in the United States and saying, how do we make disciples that make disciples that transform communities, you know, that will transform the world? Right. And, and so those were interesting questions. And God was just kind of wrecking a lot of our hearts, um, you know, just to confess up front, um, a lot of my early years were spent building Greg Nettle's kingdom rather than God's mm-hmm. kingdom. And, and certainly God's kingdom was built along the way, but but my concern really was, wow, I want to be a megachurch pastor and get invited to these conferences. And, you know, that's very shallow. And uh, and uh, and so God started wrecking my heart. And um, it, about seven years ago, I was in a hotel down in Florida with my wife at a conference. And um, and I believe God speaks to us if we're quiet enough and learn to listen. And at 2 a.m., I got up and sat on the bathroom floor at, uh, and just started taking notes. Um, about what I believe God was telling me. And we were not involved with church planting at all, zero at that point. And I came back with this entire vision from 2 to 4 a.m. of, of, of <laughs> So our vision was to make it hard to go to hell in Ohio. And uh, awesome. very, very catchy phrase. And um, it kind of came back, shared it with our elders, with our key leaders and so forth. And they said, man, this is great. Got a bunch of buy-in across the country. Well, I, was, I, I wasn't involved with Stadia at all at that point. But I knew Stadia was known as this really good church planning organization. So they came in. And I could, because I'd been at River Tree so long in Ohio, I could network people together to, to plant new churches. And so we started with just six of us around the table and uh, – you know, we planted our first church, and then we planted our next two in Cleveland, because Cleveland rocks, and I think now we're at number eight in Cleveland, and I was just at a gathering in, in our, our Ohio thing, which is Kingdom Synergy Partnerships, and we're now at, I think it's 22, 24 churches that we've planted. And so that was kind of my introduction to Stadia and, and to church planting. I mean, Stadia just, they were amazing, um, and which kind of led to my involvement in, in the whole yeah. church planting room. So River Tree. River Tree today, I mean, I, I don't even know the number. Domestically and internationally now, I, you know, I've got to think it's 30, 40 churches probably they've planted. And, and so, but more important, I think what you're hearing River Tree's name for today is not just church planting, but for their, their whole shift to the missional move, you know, transitioning a church from 3,000 in the attractional mode to uh, a, a church that now is um, missional, which is very attractive. So that's yeah, probably what and- you're hearing more. And that's and that's huge because I I remember getting the invite um, to join Future Travelers and I I started to join I'm like three grand I could probably I was just off the mission field I thought I could probably wangle that it was about three years ago and um, and then uh, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't uh, it it was when I found out that there was additional flying involved <laughs> like I can't pull that yeah. off. So I had to quit. So you and I probably almost ended up in that yeah. together. Yeah. But, uh, but but I ended up, you know, it was cool because Alan had endorsed uh, my book, Church Zero. Cha-ching! If you've written a book, by the way, you have to say cha-ching if you mention it on here. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, okay. And he had endorsed it, and uh, and so he invited me, and I I was dying to join that thing. But that's huge. And, and, and so, you know, if you're listening to this today and you are – an established church pastor, keep an eye on Stadia because if with Greg at the helm, he knows the questions you're asking and he's been there. He's, he's taken, uh, as he said, an attractional church and turned it into a church planting factory. So 
That is very cool, Greg. So tell us a little bit now uh, to, to shift the attention now onto the church planner. Here's a guy, he's walking around at the, you know, the world's biggest church planning expo. And he's walking through and he's looking at all the booths. And it's like walking through Vanity Fair and they're saying, hey, come, come eat our, our goodies, you know. Um, Stadia. Why does Stadia stand out? What's unique about Stadia as an organization? I already know the answer to this, but <laughs> I figured you're yeah. better to tell it. Well, you know, Stadia, Stadia has a 93% success rate with new church plants, which if you, in any business world or anything, when you talk about startup businesses and startup churches, I mean, that's an enormously high percentage. And so you have to ask, okay, why is there such success rate? Well, the systems and processes, starting with the assessment of the planter, the coaching of the planter, the huddles, the planter care. Stadia has a ministry called Bloom, which cares for the, uh, the church planter's uh, spouse, which are wives. I can't wait till we have enough women church planters, and we'll call the, the, the guys church planting spouses bums, but we'll, uh, we'll get that going, and there's enough on the other side there. Um, so we have this amazing planter care system. They bring all these networks of people together. So you're not, you're not parachute dropped. You immediately have a support system. You're in a coaching huddle. We help you raise the money. You know, Stadia invests huge resources in the systems and processes in the back office. And, and so there's just a huge upside to being part of an organization like that, that, that genuinely cares about the planter, but, but really knows the church planning world. One of the things I'm most excited about, so we, we have a whole, you know, set of different models you can choose from. Uh, so many guys and gals are coming out today saying we want to plant missionally. And, and that's a wonderful thought, but, but what was happening over the, the first couple of years, you know, this is five, six years ago, guys would say, I want to plant missionally, but, but nobody in the room knows what, what that means. And, um, so they would get, you know, $500,000 invested in this church plant. And then three years later, the money's run out and they've got 20 people gathered in their living room. And now all the investors are ticked off and the money's gone and the guy quits. And so it was never financially viable. And so over the last three years, Stadia's invested a lot of time and resources in research and development. And we have five, six, seven viable models now of planting missionally. And I, I think it's a very unique thing in the church planting world. And my goal is to plant more and more and more effective churches, but to drive the price point down um, so that we can plant more and more effective churches. And so we'll still plant the traditional, attractional, you know, launch large models that still works in some areas. But now we have a whole menu of ways. And then you add the children's piece into it, um, because caring for children in the United States um, we've already talked about that. So there's a lot of upside to that as well. So one of the things, I mean, if if I'm not mistaken, Stadia was founded uh, by some guys who basically bought a bank. Is that correct? And they, they said, look, we can almost loan this money out to advance the kingdom of God. And we can kind of bank church planning. I mean, that that's, you know, it's like Michael Cheshire says, you know, church planning and money, hard to get the two in the same room. Well, it, it's kind of an interesting story. Stadia birthed about 10 years ago out of the northern Northern California area and and then went, in, you know, domestically national and then more recently international. Um, but we're part of what's called the Provision Ministry family, and this is a really unique and wonderful uh, kind of selling point and draw point. 
The provision family is kind of a family of sister ministries, if you will. It starts with the birthing of a church with Stadia, and then there's what you're talking about, Church Development Fund, which right. offers funding for new church buildings or property purchase, and it's an amazing organization. River Tree was involved with them. We had their biggest loan at one time, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, that's about paid off now. And uh, and uh, and then, you know, you move into Visioneering, which in my opinion is the best architectural, church architectural firm in the country with Mel McGowan and the guys. And yep. they're just way outrageously creative with repurposing sacred space now and going into Walmarts and redoing them and just all kinds of things. If, um, if, you move into the slings. Yeah, go ahead. If our people don't know, um, they have a provision has it's, it's like the secret James Bond headquarters of church planning. Yeah. Like you expect Q yeah. to pop out and go, you know, here's, here's your Aston Martin, you know, James Bond, go plan. Yeah. It's very right. cool. It's very cool. But you keep moving around the circle and you've got the slingshot group now, which is, you know, helps people find, uh, you know, their place right in the, in the church world. You've got, this is, and then you go all the way up to Kairos, which is really fun. And we call this kind of hospice care for churches. So there's, you know, uh, tens and tens of thousands of churches closing in the United States uh, every year. And so many of those assets are lost. So Kairos will go in, help the church to finish and die well. And then the goal is to repurpose those funds into church planting, into giving new birth. And we just had a church in, in Louisiana that's closing. And, I, and I, I mean, it's a significant amount of money. And, and that church is saying, if you will plant new churches in this area, we'll give you these assets. And, awesome. and so that's a whole new rebirth process. So, so a lot of people don't know about the Provision family, but it's this amazing group that will do the full, you know, full cycle of ministry uh, for a new church plant to stay with. Right. And, and what, what is the ideal, uh, church planter that Stadia is looking for? Can you describe him? Well, obviously, you know, first of all, as someone who's deeply committed to following Jesus, no matter the cost, um, I mean, because church planning is just flat out hard. I don't know of anything that's, that's more challenging to do, but also more joyful and more rewarding. But then we're also looking for the, the entrepreneurial, Spirit. There's no question with the gift of, of leadership, someone who can bring a team together. And, and so, you know, one of the things that we have is the, the easiest way for somebody, our website is www.stadia.cc, stadia.cc. And the, if you go to the site, there's a box right up in the corner. It says start here. And you click on that and it will go to an assessment tool that will give you immediate feedback on okay, I may have the right tools for this or the right passions or the right calling. Um, or it might say, ah, you know what, maybe you need to go do this. And so that's a great tool to just get your real quick evaluation. And, and then if you want to take the next steps, it's just a really practical process you walk through. And you can kind of do it in the privacy of your own home and, uh, or your own Starbucks and, and get some great feedback immediately. If a guy has already planted and he's found himself without a network and he's looking, will Stadia take him on board possibly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's what we're doing now. What, what we've realized is the way church planning works best. So if you take go back to Ohio, for instance, we now gather four times a year, once a quarter in Columbus, Ohio. So we're essentially located. Nobody has more than two and a half hours to drive. We meet for, you know, four hours. 
And all of our church planters come together, all of our network churches that have invested in the church planning get together. We want to provide a healthy atmosphere for coaching, encouragement. You know, if a new church plant launches, we have poppers and cupcakes and celebrate. Well, you know, most of the guys never got that when they plant a new church. We, we weep with those who weep and we rejoice, we pray over people, but we learn together. You know, we'll bring Alan Hirsch in and he'll talk to us about, here are some shifts you need to make. We've had, you know... Um, Hugh Halderin to talk. We've had just a Reggie McNeil. But the point is, we're doing that now all over the country in different regions so right. that church planters can have this incredible support system and network around them. Right. So when a guy, this is the last question now, when a guy comes and joins, what what is he going to get from Stadia? So he's going to get those types of gatherings. And you guys throw a mean barbecue. I was staying in the uh, same complex yeah. where you guys yep. threw the party in uh, Orlando, but I missed it because it was my daughter's birthday, and alas, I was at Disney Animal Kingdom. But I came back and oh. the was gone. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so they're going to get that kind of support. They're going to get um, gatherings. Uh, will they get financial support from Stadia? Yeah, well, here's what Stadia does. Stadia will invest $60,000 in systems and processes in every church plant that we get involved in. And um, so what they get, what I mean by that is we have, you know, this church planting system checklist. So for most guys um, like us that are entrepreneurial leaders, getting bogged down in the details is the last thing we want to do. But when you're planting a church, there are just a plethora of details. Um, you know, filing for, you know, your not-for-profit status, um, yeah. all of the all of the financial stuff that's coming in and out. And so we do all of that back office stuff for you. So it's basically like from day one, you get an executive pastor on staff with you f- through those first couple of years. Um, we get you the coaching. We get you the assessment to make sure your marriage is healthy. We, we, we will provide, you know, constant contact with you. To, we provide a coach for you, a management team that we'll put around you. And so there's just tons of stuff. Um, but what we do is we'll help you put a network of churches together that would bring the financial support around you. Awesome. And as far as training, um, will there be online training? Will there be um, a track that they go through? Uh, how does that, is there mentorship? Yeah, so it depends. Um, so in our missional tracks now, we have uh, huddles, uh, which are coaching groups that we put people in. Our planters all are assigned coaches from day one that they they will be coached by that person. We'll bring specialty coaches in. One of the things I'm really excited about that we're just launching now is when we talk to church planters, one of their most ch- there's there's two times that are most challenging to them, and both have to do with the financial realm. The first is about a year before their launch when they're going, oh, my gosh, I, how do I raise this kind of money? And uh, the second time is about a year after their launch when they're going, oh, my gosh, I'm out of money. And I've got this church now of new people. How do I teach them about financial stewardship? And yeah. so one of the things we're, we're just now getting ready to do is to do all this um, online training and seminars on here a year before. Here's how you cast vision and raise kingdom money. And then a year after, bring them all back together and say, okay, here's how you develop your church in stewardship. Yeah. And so, you know, I love that because that, that if you live with that pressure, that's a crushing pressure to deal with. Right. 
Okay, well, you know what? That's awesome. Jeff, thanks for taking the time, man. That would be Greg. Greg. <laughs> Bob. Are we having whatever. flashbacks here of Philip Yancey? Oh, my. <laughs> you know, when, when we did uh, Philip Yancey, and I notice I caught myself there. We did Philip Yancey. We <laughs> he kept he calling him on. Phil. I, would, I could not and, stop calling him Phil. And, and Philip just and, is like, uh, it's Philip. <laughs> and he had oh did he really oh yeah yeah but but uh, that said in in the background my wife had just said hey do you want a coffee and my my mind went i heard her she doesn't know i'm on a podcast right now so anyway yeah. but but uh, i made him mad because i kept saying you know uh so phil but that was before by the time we were on eric he's like look it's philip and he had to explain all my books say philip so if you say phil yep. yancey they'll think it's someone else so i was like okay so uh, and and when we are still looking for Francis Chan, and uh, we're, we're looking for another guy, we're looking for another guy named Francis Chan in this in the Bay Area that we can interview. But we did actually interview him yesterday, so we're just teasing. But awesome! Was, I was just with uh, Francis a couple of weeks ago. We've got a big church planning network launching up in the Bay Area. A lot of exciting stuff happening. There. He, he hey, was, before we jump off, yeah, go ahead. No, he was. Before we jump off the air, there are some great. Uh, resources I want to give you. If you go to exponential.org, the, at the ebook site, um, Alex and Absalom and I, who is a missional partner of mine, wrote an ebook uh, called One Of, and there's a second ebook called Disciples Who Make Disciples Cha-Ching, but it's free, so we don't make money off that. So, um, but you can go there, or you can go to my uh, blog at gregnettle.com. And you can download those from there as well. And I'm really excited. Uh, just signed a book contract with Zondervan uh, just last mm-hmm. week. Jimmy Mayado and I, who's Jimmy's the new president of Compassion International, have a new book coming out next year called Small Matters, Why Children Are Such a Big Deal. So look for that next year. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, hey. Um, not Jeff, not Mike, not Bob, but Greg Nettle has been our guest today on the podcast. Um, he's a real dude. He is a church planner. Um, everything he said about Stadia Compassion, that's rock and roll, Greg, man. That is that is just hotness. You have uh, You have opened up, I think, some new avenues here that need to be explored. If you're looking for a network with a great success rate, um, I have yet to meet someone uh, who says Stadia? I was in it and it sucked. Um, I, what I've heard people say is Stadia is awesome, and they uh, will assess the crud out of you um, because they want to make sure you're up to the task. So um, I have met people who said I didn't make the cut, I didn't make the grade, and uh, they told me, but they told me what I needed to work on, and they were right. And so, you know, you're looking at a, at a network that cares about church planners and church planning. And Greg, I loved what you said about the kingdom of God being priority and building that. It's obvious that's what you guys are doing. So it's been an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. 
If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.